Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Sunday night, August 9th, 2020. He is Tristan H. Cockcroft. Kyle Sapi produces and researches our fine show. We're ever thankful he can do this. And while I am merely Eric Carabell on today's show, what a mess of pitcher injuries and breakdowns. There was a bean brawl today. Uh, I don't even know where to begin, Tristan, but I'm hoping you're having a nice weekend. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, like, I don't even know where to begin. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's it's another wacky baseball weekend, you know? <laughs> All right, let's go through as many names as we can, Dan, yeah. and do it that way. Because, I mean, the names just keep coming in, too. So um, where do we start? Let's start with some pitchers here. Um, just from Sunday alone, um, Madison Bumgarner, that is velocity was bad. He allowed four home runs and now we're hearing back spasms. I would assume he's going on the injury list, but from a fantasy aspect, uh, you drop him. Is, is that what we're doing now? We're just dropping him after three, four outings. Yeah. I, I guess the only case you could make is just the number of available pitchers that are remaining because of injuries, but he's not pitching at an effective level to help your fantasy team. The velocity is a big issue. As you mentioned, the back thing, even if he avoided the injured list, he's got to work himself back to earning our trust before we could even start him. I think it's going to take at least a couple, even if he remains in the rotation. Now, that, now the first two outings of the season were fine. It's only this week's outings that were bad. Mm, well, okay. That, it's only this weekend's that were bad. The velocity has been an issue. We pointed on the show previously that the velocity isn't a huge concern for him, but when you're throwing routinely in the 87, 88 range, it's a problem. Velocity is going to be a problem at that level. Um, let's do an update on Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg. Scherzer was hurt during our last podcast, which was, I guess, Wednesday night. He is penciled in to start on Tuesday, and Strasburg, I believe, started today, right? Yes, he did. And he pitched well for four innings, and then he really unraveled in the fifth inning. What does that tell you, if anything? That they probably kept him in a little bit too long, that he wasn't quite ready to to go up to the full workload of a starting pitcher. I'd forgive him a little bit of that just because he did look efficient in the first four innings. But you got to hope that he takes the next step in the next turn. I'd start him this week. If it's me, it's one start. I'd still use him. And I'm trying to find out who Washington is playing this week. Um, I think if you've got Strasburg and you got Scherzer, He's you're probably leaving Baltimore. Mac. Okay, well, that seems like a good spot, but then he just faced Baltimore, so who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so you're leaving Strasburg and Scherzer active. Um, moving on now, Charlie Morton today, shoulder inflammation. That sounds like an injury stint there as well, but you're not dropping him, I would suppose, right? No, and, and in that case, you hope it's just that, that if he needs to miss some time, he goes on the IL, you put him on that spot. He is at the level you should do that and keep him around. Good, productive pitcher when healthy. He's had some issues with injuries in the past. we got to hope that it's the, the minimum missed time if it's an IL stint. Um, Zach Plesak, this is not an injury, but he didn't seem to be making a whole lot of sense this weekend, and the Indians have sent him home. But it sounds like it's only a 72-hour um, quarantine. So could Zach Plesek still start this week? Would you leave? This is as of Sunday night. And the news just came out about an hour ago that he decided to go out with his buddies on Saturday night and break the the curfew or the quarantine. And uh, Cleveland's like, we take this seriously. And they should take it seriously. But that doesn't mean that he's missing any starts. What do you do with him if you've got him in a fantasy league for this week? Well, 
first of all, kudos to the Indians for sending a player home and sticking to the guidelines. I mean, they made a big deal about the road guidelines in this. So, hey, way to go. Um, the problem with the Indians' schedule in terms of planning with Plesek is that there's good reason for them to skip him. They're playing only five games this week. They've got the Monday and Thursday days off, two home games, Cubs, then three in Detroit. So they had the luxury of pitching Mike Clevenger on the Sunday and giving him two starts for the week. I would sit Plesak. I would err on the side of caution here. I, I, I'm befuddled, uh, people. Wear, if you wear your mask, we might get through this baseball season and football season. If you don't, I don't know what's going to happen. The Cardinals haven't played in our last three podcasts, best I can tell, and they're not going to play early this week. And to, if you've got a bench, let me even take it further, Tristan. Mm-hmm. You're sitting all Cardinals this week, aren't you? Are you starting to drop Cardinals now? <sighs> no, and well – we did this with the Marlins. What's the difference? Look, I'm going to be honest with you. There is no easy answer to this. This is 100% a guess on our part as to what to do with these. I've been asked about what to do about uh, about Cardinals. And, and a good friend of ours, I gave advice that I said, look, it's a guess. I have no idea what to suggest as to available time this week. If they miss the first series, the Cardinals, this week, they still have four um, – no, actually, they have five games this week, which is still not a horrible schedule. It's two at Detroit, three at the White Sox. So they could carve together a week of decent – production that's a pretty good schedule there but they also might miss those games they might postpone the detroit games that they're making up on thursday they might have to postpone the chicago ones we don't know where they're at in the the testing run again airing on the side of caution i put them on the sidelines if i could that that's my plan right now and, and i just wrote 48 hours ago about how great the schedule was and that you should start cardinals it's yeah i wrote about it too changes i'm t- i'm tired of this i mean i i obviously nobody wants to get the virus but even if Jack Flaherty does make one start this week, how do we know he's going to be able to go 100 pitches? He hasn't pitched in almost two weeks. I, I don't like the fact that the Cardinals have talked about concerns of Jack Flaherty's workload having missed this time. That, to me, is a red flag team-wise. Don't you agree? I think there's red flags everywhere. I can't even recognize half the Marlins. Um, you know, the way that Baltimore-Washington game ended today doesn't count for this week. They're going to resume it on Friday because they couldn't get the tarp out. I mean, there's so many ridiculous things going on in baseball right now. Ramon Laureano might get suspended for like a month. Did you see what he did today? <laughs> I, I, didn't, mean, I didn't see it live, but I'm aware. <laughs> so, I mean, they keep hitting him with pitches and then a coach yells and then they tell you you can't have a base clearing brawl, a bench clearing brawl, and they did it anyway. Now, the thing is, he's going to appeal whatever he gets tomorrow. So if he gets a 10-game suspension, he could play all week. I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. If I have Laureano in a league, I want to sit him this week. But what if he plays the entire week? He's a good player. What are you doing with Laureano, Tristan? This yeah, week, these tough questions because you win your leagues. Um, how many leagues for 2020 have you already won in the baseball season? <laughs> He's only two weeks old, but I assume you've already won half your leagues, right? <laughs> I, I've begun to look at the standings, and I'll tell you that I do I do have one team that's floundering, to say the least. Uh, so that that's if we turn the standings upside down, I'm in first place. Um, Loriano, good question there that I, I think I've got to play him. Remember, if there's an appeal filed, then they have to hear the appeal and judge on that before they you know, levy the suspension. And a lot of times the only players who are going to give those up are pitchers because they can arrange it around their typical work schedule. Uh, in Loriano's case, I don't know how quickly they'd hear that. And it's three at the angels. It's three at the giants. Pretty good. Well, not exactly a great schedule. I, I, it's Why not? Game, well, at the giants, who wants to be at the giants? 
great matchups for a hitter. At the Giants, the San Francisco Giants. That's a great place to hit. It's the worst pitching no, in the league. It's not a good place to hit, but I'd te- definitely take him going against the Giants pitching staff right now. All right. I mean, park factors don't count anymore. Park factor, yeah, okay, so the park factor is rough, but, you know, do you know their starters for that series? I mean, name the Giants starters. They're not that great right now. I, I well, don't think that much of their bullpen either. All right, I mean, obviously, Cueto was pitching well the other night, all right? I, I don't yeah. know when, he. you know, I guess he'd be, Cueto yes, he, in that series. he will pitch in that series. They also have Kevin Gosman pitch today. He'll pitch in that series. So, He'll yeah, that's, that series. Mm-hmm. that's not a good good matchup for, and, and, anyway, I who knows how many games Laureano is going to get? Maybe he gets three. I just, you know, you can't do that, and he did it anyway. Let's move on. Um, John Carlos Stanton to the injured list. No surprise there. I assume this is at least a week. It could be th- – it's a hamstring. It could be a month. You're a Yankee fan. You must be in tune with what they're talking about. What are you doing with Stanton? I guess the only question here is obviously you're putting him in your injured list slot. But are you dropping him? You're in a shallow league. And you only have three bench spots, and maybe you don't have as many injury list spots. Do you do you dare drop Stanton if he's out three weeks? If we knew he was out three weeks, at least if that was the minimum absence, then yeah, I'd consider it in a season like this. I I think that the majority of us are going to attempt to just stash him to the IL, and you know it's that that same old story again. Very frustrating. Um, there is the possibility this could open things up for Miguel Andujar, who was demoted in the past week. I'm not so sure they do that. I think they might just give some more bats to guys like Mike Ford and Mike Talkman. They'll shuffle guys around in the DH spot and kind of piece it together, at least in the meantime. Mike Talkman is really good, Tristan. Sure. I, and not just the four stolen bases. He makes contact. He's an elite outfielder. Like, I don't know good if defender. they're worse. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're worse off playing Talkman over Stan. I really don't. I, I Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that's crazy. Everybody loves John Carlos Stan. He hits home runs 800 feet, but he can't defend. And I mean, like he's not having a bad season. He's taking his walks. Okay, he's batting 293. But Mike Talkman is a really good player who is going to replace him capably. I would pick up Talkman right now in all my leagues. Oh, absolutely. He's a definite ad because I can't see Talkman sitting any game. I think he's an everyday player now. He was close to it. Now I think he's locked in. I, I don't think the comp is perfect between these two because Talkman's a defensive player. He, he's going to play in the outfield, and Stan, Stanton was more of a designated hitter. So sure. Ford or Voigt fits that kind of role here. It's unfair for me to say he was a better player. Okay, I'm just saying that. No, you know, it's a good it, point, though. In 2021, would it surprise me if Mike Talkman, with regular playing time, had a higher wins above replacement than John Clark Stanton? Not in the least. He's a really good player. That's fair. That's fair. So anyway, and by the way, this is a reminder. I'm not going to go on a rant here, but we knew Stanton was going to get hurt. Okay. Even in a two month season over a six month, there's no victory laps for injuries. But if you've got Aaron Judge on your team and you're like, wow, he's hitting a home run every game. I don't want to say he's going to get hurt, but it's pretty likely he's not going to play without some malady for two months. And you know, that's true. The two of these guys cannot stay healthy. And the same thing happens in a shortened season. You're shaking your head like I'm wrong. Wow. No, I'm shaking my head like you're right. I can't dispute that. I, look, I think they're immensely productive players when they're healthy, but they miss time. And they're among the highest risks to miss time because of injuries. We've talked about this all year. And 
here it is for Stan. I just happen to like the value points for these two when we got very close to opening day. I, I yeah, okay. Well, let's go. I, I'm thinking of writing a blog entry saying okay. that Glaber Torres is overrated because his numbers against non-Baltimore in his career are pretty darn average, Tristan. They're not special at all. Not power, not getting on base. Now, I'm thinking about it. You tell me, if I write that blog, is it fair or is it not fair? Because his non-Orioles numbers, if you do the math, you'd be shocked. Maybe not you, but a lot of people. Yeah, I'm, I'm well aware of what he's done against Baltimore. And I, I've done a lot of the examination of the, the metrics for Torres. And I see the potential to keep this up and do it against other teams. And from that angle, I would say you're being a little unfair because you're leaning too much on one particular split. But it's a valid point. He's got to show this performance against other teams, and he really hasn't yet. So he hasn't earned that. What what would he have been? 35th to 40th, I think, at ADP? I'm just saying he's, he went in the third or four, fourth or fifth round. Yeah, that's what I mean. Probably earlier. Probably third or fourth round. Now, it's only two weeks, but he's slugging 235. And he actually faced Baltimore, too. He, so, he dealt with a little bit of injuries in the first couple of days. Well, I, I look, you're not dropping Glaber Torres, okay? So I, the, the ultimate conclusion I would make is you're not dropping him. But I'm not trading for Glaber Torres. He, I understand his OPS is like 450. It'll go up. But I think he's overrated. And there's a bunch of players that I think are overrated. Chris Bryant and I, I'll name, you know, I can look at the ADP and tell you. I mean, it was in my, my column. Torres's? I mean, just, I don't know. I, I don't Tor- want to belabor Torres the point. 30th. Torres had was number thirty in ADP. All right. Well, I mean, I'm so, a big Yankee fan. I'm a big Torres fan, and that's generous. Crazy. That's crazy. Very generous. I mean, Christian Yelich had a good weekend. He homered, he tripled, he walked twice today. He's getting his batting average up, and I hope Glaber Torres does too. But I can't get past the fact of what happened when he played the Orioles last year. Moving on, because um, again, it seems like we have a lot more to talk about with this new way of doing the. Um, podcast on Sunday night and Wednesday night. Somebody just hit a home run, Jose Abreu. So I'm watching Cleveland and the White Sox and Shane, Shane Bieber. Bieber. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, that was uh, earlier. That was, the, so, that was early in the game, man. Yeah. Earlier in the game. I can't believe Zach, please. I just, I, what are you what? not getting, people? What are you not understanding? By the way, it's a pretty big deal to shelve a guy like this. He's 11th among pitchers in fantasy points this year. 11th. He's had a really good year this year. That's a that's a pretty big deal for them to make a move like this. I mean, he's from a baseball fam. I mean, maybe, some people just don't think that what's happening in this country is legit, I guess. All right, moving on. Nick Solak today. He could have had a better day. He still had a really good day. Um, so, And I'm going to tie this into the guy who made that happen as well. So Nick Solak, who you know I loved this entire offseason. Today, he had a couple doubles, two for four with three runs. Two doubles and another one that might have been a double. Joe Adele should have caught it. Instead, he tipped it over the fence for a home run. First, we'll get to Adele in a, Adele in a second. Nick Solak, is this a good time to buy on him? Not over, you know, Glaber. I'm just saying separately. Do you like Nick Solak? I do. Yeah. Um, he's going to pick up a, a decent number of positions over the course of the year because they'll need to shuffle him around a little bit. They want to get him in the lineup regularly. His bat should be in there. Defense is the real question for him, but again, that's why they shuffle him around. I I think he's a good guy to get, even in mixed leagues. I think he's one of the the players who is important at the back end of your roster. And they're at Coors Field this week, which is why I picked him up in a league. 
And I picked up Todd Frazier in a different league. And I love Isaiah Kiner-Falefa in my points league, an odd new league, because he gets on base, steals bases. He's four for four on steals or four for five. He actually he slid past the base one of the nights that I was watching the game. And he's a catcher eligible. I got him a catcher. And he's got an 800, you know, 820 OPS. I love that. And, he, and only one mass, one player in baseball has more stolen bases than Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. All right, other side of the coin, Joe Adele, 0 for 4. Four strikeouts today and did not look good doing it. I mean, you could look okay in a strikeout, you know, a nasty pitch. You know, Lance Lynn overpowers him. That's not what was happening. Joe Adele looked bad against off-speed stuff. Uh, and it's early, and he's going to swing and miss. Are you waiting on Joe Adele? If you place the investment you did on him, yes, I'm waiting. Joe Adele uh, or Mike Talkman, rest of the year? Talkman. Um, that was definitive. Yeah. but. We gave the caution that there is a lot of swing and miss in Joe Adele's game. Golden Sombrero today isn't entirely shocking. It's bothersome, but it's still very early in his career. If you invested, you invested knowing that this was a possibility. Okay, fair enough. Um, what else? All right, so Cardinals and Pirates are not playing their three-game series. Let's get to the schedule here. Oh, before I do that, Spencer Howard, I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um Looked a little nervous in the first thing. Freddie Freeman took a mopo, and then Ronald Acuna took a mopo. So I don't want to say he pitched poorly, but I don't know if Spencer Howard is making his next start. The Phillies have already said Vince Velasquez will. They could go to a six-man rotation, but I don't know if Spencer Howard is getting another start this coming week, which is part of the reason why I'm not. I don't want to tell people to pick him up. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I mean, in the Phillies' case, because they have a taxing schedule until Monday the 17th, and that's next off day for them, they could just go with a six-man for this one turn. But you're right. If there isn't a commitment to him now being regularly in the rotation, what's his value? What's the purpose to adding him? I don't know. I mean, obviously, unless – I don't know what the Phillies are doing, and they look terrible this, you know, today. They got swept by the Braves. One of the games, the Braves started a, a relief pitcher. Um, Anyway, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, you have a trivia question today? I do, yeah. Please, it's, let's hear it. It, it's, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which one do we go with today? Um, trivia, trivia that Eric won't know. You might know it. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we didn't talk about the great Fernando Tatis Jr. yet because we know what he did today, right? Um, he did. He hit two more home runs, one off Bumgarner, right? I think he hit like six he or one four games. Game? Five or six and four games. He's hit four in a row. He's and he's, but he strikes out every other at bat, too. He homered once today. He's He's got eight homers now. And he, and he does strike out a lot, but he's got eight homers. Still has some pretty good ratios. 333, 417, 810. By the way, with the eight home runs now in the Padres' first 16 games, do your rough math. What's his pace? Yeah, eight and 14 games. He has eight and 16 games. So 30 in a 60-game season. Yeah. 30 in a 60 game season. Okay. So he's 21 years old. He has 30 home runs. The question for you today is I would like you to name the three players who have hit 40 home runs in their age 21 season or younger. Three players have hit at least 40 home runs in their age 21 season or younger. Tatis in a 60 game season is on pace for 30. I'll take the under on 30 for him in this. (laughs) (laughs) I think I will too. Oh, I'll let you guys think about that when we can come back to it. All right.
I yeah, I don't have an answer for you off the top of my head. I mean, I guess obviously not Pete Alonso. Um, <laughs> Think it over a bit. We got plenty we could still cover. Did I get? Oh my god! Somebody bid three hundred and fourteen dollars on Rafael Montero, and I didn't get him too. Wow! What'd you bid? Three- Two hundred. Wow. Okay. It's a good theme there. We should be going to the. You know what that is, right? I I I still haven't bought a player in town. In two Sunday nights, I bid on a bunch, and I never get it. I haven't. I still have a thousand dollars. All right. By the way, Chad Cool sold for one hundred one hundred and eight in Tout Wars NL. So. People are bidding aggressively. <laughs> and I'm in I'm in second place. Um all right, so that was the closer carousel, I guess. Rafael Montero, we told you he was gonna get the saves, and then on Friday and Saturday he did. I mean You saw the addendum to that, right? Is there an addendum? What's the addendum? Nick Goody has been injured, which could explain why Montero was quickly thrust into the closer job because they had uh, one man down. Do you think that's really the case? Oh. I don't. No, but I think it it does potentially move things a little bit more quickly. And, you know, look, Montero's got great stuff. He was excellent during the second half of last year. He certainly has the stuff to close. Okay. Um, Anyway, would you – how good do you feel about Montero? Is he a must-add? Is he – would you rather have Montero or Seth Lugo right now? Montero because I think there's more clarity in that bullpen. So Edwin Diaz pitched the eighth inning today, gave up a couple of hits, but he also struck out the side. Lugo got the save. Mm-hmm. You think, like I think, that Diaz gets another shot to close? I think that they are going to, because it's a new manager, I think they are going to attempt legitimately to piece this together. It'll be a little Twins-esque. Remember, Lugo threw the two-inning save the other day, so today was more traditional for him. Um, that's, that's a positive for Lugo in that race, but I think they are going to uh, shuffle it around. You know, it's amazing. Like we were talking almost two weeks ago about Giovanni Gallegos and they haven't even played. Like, I don't have any idea who the Cardinals are going to close with. Ryan Helsley went on the injured list. He got the virus. It's got to be Gallegos if they ever play again. Um, Anthony Bass looks like a decent closer for Toronto. I don't want to say top 10, but in that 12 to 16 range, I think Montero, Anthony Bass, and I'll say Trevor Gott. He's clearly their closer. These three guys all belong in the, say, twelve to eighteen range for closers. They should be. They should be rostered. I might be a little more lukewarm on Gott. I'd have to run those exact numbers. I, I don't know why, Tristan. Ty- Tyler Rogers leads the league and holds. It's clearly not Tony Watson. Trevor Gott's the closer. It's it's hard to think of twelve guys who are clearly worse. I probably could find it. Um, what else from among the closers? There wasn't really a big closer full weekend, I guess, of news. Uh, Ryan Presley had a bad Friday night, but he's got to be their closer. He had a good game to to follow it up right. the night after. Trevor Rosenthal looks lights out, by the way. Like, in a month, we we could be talking about him as a top 10 closer. And and by the way, today, that was a day off thing for Trevor Rosenthal, I think. I agree. Bar- Scott Barlow got the- But if you're still rostering Ian Kennedy, what are you doing? Ian Kennedy and Matt McGill are not close to getting saves for their teams. They're not, not even close. They're like seventh, sixth and seventh inning guys. And they're still rostered in way too many leagues. Stop did we, it. Did we talk uh, Angels since the last show? I don't I think, think it's did. Ty Butchery. 
It's, it's clearly not Hansel Robles, and I don't think Joe Madden's going back to him. I think it's Butchery, but who knows? I, I would say so, too. I, I don't see a, a great alternative to him right now. Um, there were some combo meals this uh, since our last show. Thursday, this is a weird list of players. Anderson Tejeda had a combo meal. Whit Merrifield, Jose Altuve, Jonathan Villar, nothing wrong with that. Uh, Saturday, nothing Friday. Saturday, Marcus Semien. Pedro Severino had a combo meal. <laughs> I should have done catcher combo meals for the trivia today. <laughs> and nothing today, right? Oh, boy. I didn't see one today. I'll see if I can dig um, up one today. Um, I didn't see anything. Did you see that the Nelson Lamette start today? So yes. when Bumgarner was getting lit, Lamette was pitching great. Yeah. By the way, Denelson Lamette, velocity is very promising. When I called this up before the show, he is averaging 97.2 miles per hour with the four-seam uh, four fastball. That's pretty impressive. He's up there among the leaders. Uh, I don't think victory laps, but Alex Verdugo, I told you he was going to lead off. And, and Ben Attendee looks terrible. And are you noticing that in the Boston games, when a lefty comes in from the bullpen, they're pinch hitting for Ben Attendee every time. Mm-hmm. He's not even a full-time player now. Yeah, yeah. The, wow. the swapping him very quickly at the beginning of the year to the bottom of the lineup was a very disconcerting sign. Oh, by the way, excellent answer by Alex Verdugo to the question about shoes. Uh, what? <laughs> about Mookie Betts' shoes. Stepping into Mookie Betts' shoes. Oh. <laughs> well wow. said. Watch Verdugo end up higher on the player radar. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, wow. Mookie's obviously great, but um, – I don't think it's going to happen, but I like Verdugo quite a bit. Um, he, he just needs to stay healthy. That has been a question for him. And he's not a base stealer like Mookie is. So obviously it's not going to be the same thing. Um, let's look at the schedule here on Monday night. Um, ESPN has Lance McCullers hosting the Giants. I don't think we know who's starting for the Giants because they lost some margin to the injured list. But McCullers. Um, Monday, so on Monday, would, Monday would be Logan Webb most likely. So I'm watching McCullers' last outing, Tristan, and his first two, three innings looked fantastic. And then comes a parade of extra base hits and eight earned runs in an inning. And these were not like bleeders or like Baltimore chops or whatever your baseball parlance. These were hit hard, gappers, all right, home runs, doubles, everything. I mean, I think it was like uh, Cole Calhoun ripped one off him, like – these were bad. Now, anyway, are you? You know con- why? I know he why. Told, why he told you after the after the outing why he thought he struggled there. Oh, I missed that. What did he say? They opened the roof mid game, and look, while while I don't like really? players making excuses for the performance in game, I could see that you know opening the roof mid game, throwing a player's routine off, especially considering Chase Field plays much more hitting friendly with the roof open. Are you worried about any Houston players? Did we overrate this team in real life and maybe a little bit in fantasy? Altuve had a combo meal recently, but he's still not playing well. And a couple of their hitters not doing it. Springer was hurt all weekend. The rotation basically is Granky, McCullers, and rookies. Their entire bullpen is rookies except Presley. Um, they got issues, and they're well under 500 right now. So I wonder if something changes with Houston. Yeah, I've had I've been very concerned about their depth. It's been whittled down quite a bit so far. This They'll year. get Jordan Alvarez back in maybe two weeks, maybe less. I would hope, but we would have thought by this point he'd already be ready, and he's not. 
ESPN Plus on Monday night has Garrett Richards. Look at that mustache against Dustin May. Garrett Richards and Reese Hoskins are vying for best mu- best new mustache <laughs> in the, uh, the Mustache Oscar Awards. Um, Dustin May, great hair, better than mine, and um, he's really good. Dustin May, I don't know why Dustin May is still available in some leagues, but if he is, go get him. He's a two-star guy this week, I assume. Yeah, he is. He starts the second game at the Angels. Um, Adrian Hauser at home against Minnesota. That's not a great offense to face, but Adrian Hauser's last outing was really good. He's not a swingman anymore, Tristan. He's a good starter. Mm-hmm. I think he's a very underrated one. In fact, if, as you said, this is just about the worst matchup I think he could ask in this divisional arrangement, but I, I like the stuff. I uh, like Tuesday, stuff. the Tigers are sending Tyler Alexander to the mound. This is the relief pitcher, um, a lefty who struck out nine in a row. Uh, 13 Ks, one walk, and seven and two-thirds innings, and he goes to the rotation, and on Tuesday he is scheduled to face the White Sox, um, weather and uh, virus permitting. Um, Is Tyler Alexander somebody you want to add in fantasy in a 10-team league, or is that too premature? Not yet in a 10-team league. I want to see how he responds to his first starting assignment. Could have just been taking advantage of a lineup that wasn't prepared for him coming in and out of the bullpen like that. I but I, he's, he's got me interested. I'll, I'll be watching that one. Uh, Dylan Bundy at home on Tuesday against Oakland. Do, we, we have to like Dylan Bundy, don't we now? I mean, that, was a, that last outing was legit. He went the distance. And, you know, pitchers leave Baltimore. What if Dylan Bundy's the next Jake Arrieta, Tristan? Is that crazy? It, well, I mean, Arietta was amazing at his peak with the Cubs. So let's, that's, not, let's, let's take it. Let's. I know what you're no saying. Cy Young season, but like, what if Dylan Bundy in in when we're doing a show in February and we're ranking Dylan Bundy number thirty among starting pitchers? Would that shock you? It wouldn't shock me. I I don't think it's going to happen though. I I could see him being just outside that. I could see top forty. If he threw that, I would have been more on board. The velocity is not there with Bundy. He threw harder a couple of years ago. All right. And that, he has faced Seattle to, twice. Two starts. And, and he's had a slight injury issue before. No, that's all fair. Although the last three seasons, he's pitched a lot more than Kershaw. It's 90 starts in three years. But he's faced Seattle twice and Oakland in their place once. So, yeah, I, I want to see a little bit more before I, I say I'm all in on Dylan Bundy. Um, Ross Stripling on ESPN Plus Tuesday night at home against San Diego. Um, Chris Bubik. For Kansas City, you can't Bubich. use Chris Bubik. Bubich, you can't use him. What about Tukey? All right, so this is at Yankee Stadium, but Tukey Toussaint looks like he's pitching well now. Is he somebody we can trust, or do you need to see more? Yankee Stadium, no way. I like Tukey Toussaint, though. What if that star was in San Francisco? Tukey Toussaint. I might be on board. I, I might very well be on board. That's going all the way in the other direction. Or put him in Miami's ballpark, or put him in uh, Tampa's ballpark. <laughs> not Yankee Stadium. Not with his uh, control history. Wednesday afternoon, Dylan C., so you were recommending, is at Detroit. Yep. But Detroit is scoring runs. Do we not believe that's going to continue? I don't believe it's going to continue to this level, no. I, I'm i a little concerned about pitch efficiency with Dylan Cease, but I do like him. I think there's a lot of potential there. Just keep the control in check, Dylan. Uh, Julio Urias and Zach Davies is the last game. Looks like ESPN Plus has Luke Weaver at Coors. You do not want to use Luke Weaver at Coors, but let me ask you, you were a Luke Weaver fan uh, entering the season, and there are some things that Tristan is not 100% right on. <laughs> are you sticking with – look, you were right about a lot of things. Jairo Diaz, I regret it. 
I wasn't going to win labor anyway. But Luke Weaver in 10 innings so far has allowed 14 earned runs. That's a problem. Yeah. And he, he's got Oakland at home after that. Not exactly the greatest of matchups either for the next one. He's got to turn the season around quickly. And unfortunately, this is not the outing in which to do it. So he's, he's probably nearing the point where he's a cut candidate in 10 team leagues. Luke Weaver or Tuki Tassan? You usually I make that sound when we're about to eat like onion rings or something. Or <laughs> mm, onion rings. Uh, I'd probably stay with Weaver right now. That's tough. That is a tough one. Well, that's that's why I asked you. Yeah, you want to know the truth? Well, well asked. <laughs> yeah, we're doing this on Sunday nights for Kyle, and uh, he's got some uh, Twitter questions, and uh, he's going to read them in a minute uh, when we get them up here on screen. Kyle, yeah, what I got? You got? You. Yeah, I mean, it needs to be addressed because it hasn't been addressed up to this point. We didn't get any questions about Tyler Chatwood. But we no, it doesn't. Of- <laughs> no, 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 no. I wanted to get through this entire show without talking about this. You don't run yourself over with a bus, Kyle. Uh, I mean, it's if I'm going to pump my own tires when he's throwing, you know, 11 strikeouts and in six innings or whatever it was, I'm sorry, people. He was terrible. There's no excusing it. It's still just one start. I'm still on board. Anybody that wants to be on the, you know, the bandwagon with me, we've got plenty more room now. I know Carabelle jumped off. He's running the other way. You're not only not on the bandwagon, you are actively running away from said bandwagon. Kyle, give me the number. Give me for the rest of the year the number of quality starts from Tyler Chatwood. Give me your over under. Give me the number of starts. Uh, let's say he makes quality five, starts. No, no. Let's say he makes ten more starts. Let's say five and a half out of ten. It's aggressive. So he's the, most, he's the most drop pitcher in ESPN leagues is Mike. Well, all right, let's get somebody who knows what he's doing. Tristan, rank Tyler Chadwood versus the most added pitchers. Because obviously one bad outing, you're going to drop a guy. Okay. Chadwood, Luke Weaver, Stephen Matt, so the healthy pitchers being dropped. Soroka, Otani, Torino, so the ones who are not healthy, Mitch Keller. But Christian Javier got lit up today for Houston. Yeah. He's the most added pitcher. Kyle Freeland still has to face, you know, you know, pitch at cores. Alec Mills, I'm not buying. He's a Cub. So Javier Alec Mills Fre- could lose his rotation spot to Jose Quintana in the next 10 days. Exactly. So to me, I wait another start on Chatwood. He's supposed to face Cleveland. So, like, if you, if you, you put Chatwood up against Javier Freeland, Mills, Spencer Turnbull, Chris Bassett, I don't see much difference. Do you? Not a major difference. Personal preference takes me in the direction of Javier and Brassett. I'll take Spencer Turnbull over Tyler Chatwood, but I'm a big Turnbull fan. I'm, I'm a not, you're, fan. You're dead on. Dead on. I mean, the point here is one bad outing should not make you just drop a guy when you loved him before the outing. I, you know, I don't know what he's going to do in his next start. I mean, I suspect Bumgarner is going to show up on the most drop list, and I, I can't argue that point, but if you're going to – if you're going to add Antonio Senzatella to drop Bumgarner, no, no, I'm not doing that. No, the Rockies, yeah, don't don't hitch your wagon to the Rockies pitchers for the rest of the year. Don't. It's a dangerous I mean, if, thing. If you want to take a shot on Framber Valdez or Christian Javier, okay. If you want to pick up, I actually like this Randy Dobnak guy. He doesn't throw hard, but neither is Bumgarner. Marco Gonzalez is underrated. I, I'm sorry. I know it's not a lot of strikeouts, but he never gets lit. Pablo Lopez is 7% more available than Marco Gonzalez all day, all day. Lopez over Gonzalez? Yep. No. Oh, yeah. 
Tristan, what do you hate? I, I, you're going to say the strikeouts, but I follow Gonzalez a lot. A lot. I've, I'm a fan of Gonzalez from just the pure baseball standpoint, and he's not consistent, and his command wavers. I, I have major issues with that. Okay, but he's got 15 strikeouts in 17 innings and two walks and three outings, so he's not getting lit ever. And last year, juicing a- orange. It's going to run out. <laughs> so did he juice the orange all of 2019 when he had a 399 ERA? And he threw 200 innings, so he won 16 games for a last place team? I mean, I'm just saying here, like, there's only so long we can, you know, say this guy stinks, and then he doesn't. So this is the problem. You throw the 399 ERA, and you're one of the classic ones, Dave Bush, uh, 131 whip. His fifth was, was 4.14. He didn't get lit last year. 4.14 isn't elite though. It's it's good. I'm not You don't lose to, your league because of that. Right. I'm not trying to say there's no value there. I'm trying to say I I I'm just not on board. I think he's he's like the last guy on your 10 team mixed league and you're right, not well, excited to start him ever. And but you love Pablo Lopez who has made one start? Well, that's a schedule problem. That's a Marlins problem. Yeah, okay, but he made one start against Baltimore. And now we're all, and, and his ERA last year was five oh nine, and he deserved it. I don't, I don't get it. I don't I'm get not it. entirely sure he deserved it. He was really good through the end of June. Then he got hurt, and he was right. really not, not at all good at the end of the year. What, what uh, hash browns we got for today? Yeah, we've got some actual questions here. Mitch Garver has one more hit over the last two weeks, as we do as a collective podcast. Emma wants to know if she has to hold on to him. No. I don't think you have to. Um, let me look at the catcher's most out of drop team. I'm sure he's on it by now. Gotta be. But, but you know, you're dropping Mitch Garver. Are you going to drop Gary Sanchez? Because he's doing worse. Um, well, he's, not technically, drop- he's technically not. He's got two more hits than Mitch Garver the last I checked. <laughs> I mean, the most added catcher is Max Stasi. I'd rather have Mitch Garver than Max Stasi. Second is Travis Darno, and then Kiner Falifa. I, I don't think I... You would drop. I don't think I would drop Garver for any of those. I already said I love Connor. I guess Connor Felif is different, Tristan, because of the stolen bases. He could end up stealing twelve bases this year. But are we really giving up on Mitch Garver that quickly? I I don't think you can just based on the names you threw out there. No, look, Max Stassi's playing half the time and he's hitting all right. But he's done this before in very very small samples. It's gonna. Cool. I you know Garver is walking a little. I. I can't drop Mitch Garver for any of these guys yet. I can't if, do it. If you're, if you're, go- I mean, if you're going for the the streaming catcher strategy, I get it. But Garver's got to be part of that. Well, I mean, I haven't looked at Minnesota's schedule, but I do. Th- I mean, Milwaukee. That's that's not not a good schedule for him this week. But you know, Eric Lauer. That's at least one lefty on their schedule. So you know, so I, I have to assume that he's going to bounce back a little bit here. But all right, what's I, I Emma? You can drop him if you want, but I think I mean for Connor Falefa, I'm on the fence there. But I'm not dropping him for Pedro Severino or Chadwick Trump or Max Stasi. I'm just not. I think that's fair. Let's go a little higher. Bill's wondering about Trey Turner. He wonders if the struggles for Turner are enough for you to prefer Mondesi the rest of the season. No, no. Um, I mean, part of Washington's problem, obviously is the schedule, but Trey Turner is not off to a great start. He hasn't, he's over three on steals. I, this is where you look up. Is he slower? Is something wrong? 
Um, Because that seems odd. I'd want to know the catchers. I guess it was Severino who got him the other day. Maybe it wasn't. Darno has already made like a bunch of errors. I don't know. I, I it does seem odd that he's zero for three on steals, but I mean, and Mondesi. The problem with Mondesi is batting average. That could be a problem. Now he also Mondesi's already got three or four stolen bases, but so, he's got one walk and eighteen strikeouts. Raul Mon- Adalberto Mondesi could bat two twenty and wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. Yeah. So to your question about is he slower using the I usually go to uh, Statcast sprint speed for this. It is lower than it is la- than it was last year. He's averaging twenty nine point six feet per second. Last year was thirty point four. Uh, generally, the elite speedsters are over thirty. That's where the Byron Buxton numbers typically are. Uh, twenty nine six is still excellent. I'm going to give him a break. Okay. Would you? I assume you would from the sound from your answer. I mean, obviously, I'm not giving up on Trey Turner, <laughs> so um, I just want to be. I just want to caution people on Montesi that right now he's batting 262 with a 274 on base, and what does and his BABIP is 372. So when his BABIP normalizes to a degree, that's a 220 hitter, and there's no power. I don't know how he hit all those home runs in half of 2018, but there's no power anymore. So, with these contact rates, now, Monashi should have a higher BABIP than most. And his career BABIP is probably like 320, 330. But there's danger there. And Trey Turner, I don't think there's any danger. In, in two weeks, it might be. I might change my mind, but I'm not changing it now. Something would have had to to change in Trey Turner's game for that to, to, I, to bail out, yeah. I would say. Uh, Monashi's career BABIP, by the way, is 335. No surprise. I, I'd agree with you. Which is high. But it's that's, high, that could but, be his baseline. Right. I mean, remember, the players who bring quickness to the table are obviously going to have better Babips than other than a traditional player. Okay. I'm with you there. Ben wants to know if we see Jared Kalenic this season. No. I, I don't uh, think Seattle... I mean, if they're contending in a month, maybe, but why... Do you see this happening? It, I, it, it I seems thought like before the year. I mean, if look, if you have a chance to to make the playoffs and you're Seattle and they haven't made the playoffs since like Ronald Reagan was president, I mean, it's not that bad, but it's pretty bad. Um, we'll get Schoenfield on the line. When's the last time Seattle made the playoffs? It's it's a long, it's like twenty years, right? I hope he's not listening right now. <laughs> it was two thousand and gosh, one oh two. I, I, well, I remember all one. Was it oh two? It was it's it was early twenty first century. Two thousand one. Sorry, yeah. Mariners. The hundred. So that's. A, oh jeez. I the point is I don't see Seattle contending in a month, but like I I also said Wander Franco will be up because Tampa Bay will need him. So I guess it depends. I don't want to tell you to drop Kalenic and then he comes up in a week. I just don't see that happening. But, you know, teams lie. The Mariners' playoff odds, where are we? Uh, they're low. they got to be low. They're, and, and they're irrelevant, too. They're lowest in the American League at 8.7%. As a matter of fact, that's the second lowest in all of baseball. And for people who say the, the, the one-week period already passed, well, there's still other considerations when it comes to finances. 
You know, it's not just that they – Kalenic's probably not even on their 40-man roster. That's probably part of the reason why they don't want to promote him to the majors, right? Is He can't be on their 40-man. Why would he be? He hasn't played above double-A yet. Yeah, I'm wondering whether he reached the threshold age and experience-wise that he would have had to have been added. I'll get you that answer. Maybe quick. after this season he, nope. he has to. He's not on it. You are correct. That is That will be a consideration. I don't know the little mechanics of, of what's going on for major league teams with the expanded 28-man rosters and finding a 40-man space in this current situation. You're right. That could be part of it. I mean, Alec Bohm, I believe, is on Philadelphia's. And so, so if they wanted to you know, bring him up, basically, if Gene Segura twists an ankle, Bohm is up and he's playing third base. He's on the 40-man. I think he's on the 40-man. Bohm is not on the 40-man. Well, then I take back what I said. That that's a that's a factor. Mm-hmm. That is a factor. Yes, I knew ex- that actually. I knew that because Spencer Howard wasn't either, and right. they had to, they had to DFA somebody that right. might, and Yel De Los Santos. I knew it was both so, or neither. So to try to roughly explain to listeners, since they have probably don't know what this is, the forty man roster is the extended roster the teams can draw from for their active twenty eight man. It includes things like prospects, other major leaguers who might be on rehab assignments or the like, injured list. Uh, anybody on the 60-day, which is the 45-day IL, doesn't count towards the 40-man roster. And to add a prospect to it, you have to remove somebody else from it. And in a year like this, with the 60-man player pool, with once you remove a player from that 60-man pool, you lose them for the year, it's tough to maneuver that roster. And another reason why teams don't want to do this is, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if three teams get this virus next week, they're going to have to shut this down. So they're not going to want to promote a some to promote a kid like Philadelphia promoted Spencer Howard already. Um, they started his clock. So if the season ends next week, it, that's a factor for these teams. They don't want to do that. So Shane Bieber just gave up another home run just now. So you can yeah. tell exactly what time James McCann hit the home run. Ooh, um, a righty on a righty hits a home. Oh, geez, yeah, that's not good for Bieber. Shane Bieber gives up the long ball, people. Gave up a lot of long balls last year. You know, like, back to Bumgarner. He gave up 30 home runs last year. He had extreme home road splits, but his velocity was still, like, 92. Who's was that? Bumgarner. No, I mean, like, you told, you told me to avoid Bumgarner because of the home road splits. And I don't have – I don't think I have him on any teams. But I was like, okay, yes, obviously much better numbers in home games the last – all over his career than road games. But still, this is just crazy what's happening. Now, he, he averaged 91.4. I said 92. I'm not that far off. All right? Okay. Yeah. All right. What, uh, what else we got, Kyle? We got Chalupa Batman. Love that name. He wants a first base name game starting with Jesus Aguilar against Daniel Murphy. Oh, boy. Murphy cores. I, I don't know why I want to roster Jesus Aguilar. He had a couple home runs against bad Philadelphia pitching the first weekend, and now we want to roster him. I can't do it. Um, Murphy is the second most added first baseman in ESPN Standard Leagues after Renato Nunez of Baltimore. Murphy's got all home games this week, right? Yes. Yeah, they have a great schedule. Rocky's playing at home. There's a DH now. So any concerns we had before the season are gone because of the DH. He's playing every day. They don't have to put him in the field. Uh, I don't know what they're doing with the other guy. It looks like Garrett Hampson leads off against lefties and sits against righties. Matt Kemp plays every day now. 
There's some weird stuff going on in Colorado. Yep. But Daniel Murphy versus um, that was the, Voight. That was the first one, wasn't it? Murphy versus uh, Aguilar. Murphy versus Voight. It's Voight. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. So we've hit a line here. But Voight to me is a, like a top 15 with, first baseman. Keep going with Voight then. Voight or Hosmer? Oh, Voight. Voight. I don't want Eric Hosmer. But do we like Renato Nunez here? Are we yeah, buying? I, I was really surprised to find Renato Nunez available in a couple of my leagues this past week. He he earned the spot as a late round pick in a ten team league this year in the preseason. How did he end up on free agent lists? I don't know. Actually, no. I know how. It's probably the postponed games. They, they missed the weekend of games, and that's yeah. probably what happened. Yeah. But Renato Nunez hit thirty home runs last year. Now thirty home runs last year is like twenty in a normal year, but still. Um, all right, so Daniel, Mur- so Daniel Murphy or Renato Nunez? Are we taking Nunez here? Yes. All right, Luke Voigt versus Renato Nunez. We're taking Voigt. Yes, but that's competitive. Um, does Dominic Smith get in this? No, I think Smith belongs in the Murphy and potentially Aguilar. I think he's ahead of Aguilar, but not ahead of. Well. Daniel Murphy is rostered in 63% of leagues, and Dominic Smith is 6%. So they're not being treated the same. If you're saying you think Dominic Smith is just as good as Daniel Murphy, then there is a hidden gem sitting out there in 93.7% of ESPN Standard Leagues and Dominic Smith, who I wrote about last Monday, and I like him a lot, and he's playing every day. Or they're listening to my Play Your Rockies this week from the forecaster. <laughs> I choose to look at it that way. I like that way. Um, well, Murphy did Homer twice in the past couple of days. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's probably a, a tier here between Murphy, Smith, Aguilar, but you get the idea. Once you get down to the Murphy and Smith level, you're nearing the roster churn. Um, people are going to start to drop Paul Goldschmidt. They are already. Are Are you okay with that? No. I, philosophically speaking, Look what okay with the games that have been postponed. Look what Major League Baseball just did this past week. They crammed in a ton of doubleheaders. They rescheduled every one of those games. What if they attempt to do that with the Cardinals? I just want to say something here. Doubleheaders are not eighteen innings, though. They're fourteen innings, so it's not as much of a difference as you originally made it seem like. I'm. Uh, it's still more than other teams are getting. Oh, yeah, absolutely, but. I have a team, Tristan, that's in last place. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is I have three Cardinals. I have three Marlins. I have three Nationals. I don't think I'm going to be able to get out of this. I, I'm going to finish like in last place because I'm not going to be able to make this up. Because when, when guys like Goldschmidt and VR are playing these doubleheaders, well, the other teams in my league are still playing every day. <laughs> you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish last in the league. Because I made the bad decision back in February to draft three Marlins, three Cardinals, and three Phillies How, hitters, or whatever it was. Did you say it's a bad decision? Well, of course it's not. It's unlucky. Okay. But yeah, that's what I mean. Like this is this is. It's, I contend it's, in that league every year, and I'm not going to contend this year because I chose players on those teams, and it, I it bothers and me a little bit. I agree with you. It's an unfortunate part of fantasy, and I genuinely don't like it. It's actually bothering me a lot about a couple of my leagues that were having absences, and it's why we did the thing about the injury thing in my keeper league. 
because I All didn't. Right. I just didn't feel like it was right. But oh. they're. It's not going to make up for the the games you've missed, but you are going to have the occasional time where you have one of your players playing eight games in a week where the other guy's team is playing five times, and that is a definite advantage. There are going to be small advantages each week, but they're going to be advantages nevertheless. I'm not sure anymore that Paul Goldschmidt has more home runs and RBIs than Renato Nunez this year because I don't know when the Cardinals are playing again, and Renato Nunez is not going to stop hitting. That's my point. I'm not saying I'm dropping Goldschmidt for Nunez, but if you want to do that, go ahead. Because the Cardinals could skip another week. They could end up playing for not playing a game for three weeks. Hmm. I mean, it's, somebody all on the team got the virus. The- tells me to challenge you on that one, and there's a part of me that says, no, nah, you know, I, I can't. I can't I, argue I, anything this year. All right. Well, there uh, are some things we can argue, but not that. <laughs> Um, we need to answer your trivia question. Yeah. Just, Kyle, was there something you wanted to say? Another hash brown no, or no? No, you're good. Let's get to the trivia show. question. No, it's okay. I, I don't really know where we're going with this trivia question. I think I need like a starter. Once I hear one, maybe we get going. You but don't, You don't know where we're going with the question. The question is, I would like you to name the three players who have hit 40-plus home runs in their age 21 season or younger. They did it at 21 or younger with June 30th, the date to determine an age 21 season. All right, well, it's not Trout, is it? It is not Trout. Yeah, I don't think he's ever hit 40. Or last, um, no, he said 40. Alex Rodriguez. No. Alex Rodriguez hit 36 as a 20-year-old in 1996. Trout Eddie, Math- Eddie Matthews. Uh, Eddie Matthews had the most, yes. He had 47 home runs in 1953 as a 21-year-old. Well done. You got How did you go from Trout in 20-whatever it was, like 2009, and just automatically backtrack 55 years? A man knows his baseball history. Because it's, 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 these aren't active players, right? One Not Pete Alonso. One of them is asked. active. All right, so one is active, and it's it's not – Baseball historians will absolutely know the other one. It should be obvious if you know this theme question and the other is an active player. So, well, I mean, the most home runs like in a career in the first five years is Ralph Kiner, right? Uh, am I, in the Ooh, first five bad. years? But this, I don't think I don't think he's probably 20. close too. Right. This I'll tell you this. This player by the age by his age twenty five season hit. Whoop! I love when my screen jumps. There we go. I don't think it was. I think it's not Ted Williams. It is not Ted Williams. Okay. This player debuted as a 17-year-old. Oh, Melot. Melot, well done. Okay. Melot hit 14. Yeah, I knew that part. That oh gave my. it away. Now, can you name the active player who did it? The active player who is. I'll give you a hint if you'd like it. I would have guessed Pools, but I don't think he got to 40 that early. Would you like your hint? Sure. Sure. We have named him on this show. It's not Stan. How does every trivia question end up like that? John Carlos Stanton hit 30 home runs like his rookie year, but not 40. John, John Carlos Stanton hit 34 home runs as a 21 year old in 2011. It is another player we named on this show today. Had a right. decent day. Had a decent day today? Yep. <laughs> I guess it's not Nick Solak. Okay. 
Kyle, you should be jumping in on this one. <laughs> really? Yeah. This is a pretty good player. <laughs> He had a good day today, and we already talked about it. Yeah, he's a pretty darn good player. <laughs> I don't think he has a combo meal yet this year. Where in the world did we talk about him in this show? And I'm going to look through the rundown and see if I can <laughs> backtrack. Oh, Acuna, Acuna, Acuna. Ronald Acuna Jr. hit 41 home runs as a 21-year-old in yeah. 2019. <laughs> Way too hard. <laughs> Acuna homered like five times off my Phillies today. Nice, yeah, nice you're pitching Mel Ott, Eric. I, I, my mind was not on last year. <sighs> uh, I knew Alonzo was older than 21, but yeah, Acuna hit 40 home runs. He went 40-40. So. Yeah, well, he almost went 40-40. He went 40-38 or something He went 40-37, like right? yeah. And he led the National League in steals. <laughs> He's pretty good. And look, we've been saying – Wait on Yelich, wait on Acuna, look what happened. So maybe wait on Glaber, but I don't know about Bumgarner, man. <laughs> that's that velocity, that's a that's a problem. That's a big problem. Anyway, this has been an hour show. Thank you so much for listening to Fantasy Focus Baseball. The Sunday night version, but it gets posted on Monday morning, and we're gonna keep doing this until until we're told to stop, I guess. We're breaking all the rules here on the Fantasy Focus Baseball. For Kyle Sapi and Tristan H. Cockroft and Fernando Tatis and Pete Alonzo and, yes, Tyler Chatwood, too. I am Eric Carabell. Have an awesome week.